0: That's what I'm talking about. I also think, I also think um, am I on? Am I on? Are you sure? Are you positive? That's perfect. I also think my wife was so touched and moved this morning by, by the student band. She said, that's one of the best student bands I've heard in all my years of being a Christian. And so, uh, thank you guys. Thank you for the worship team. And you guys have a stud youth pastor, but better than that, you have a stud youth pastor's wife, okay? <laughs> because she, she made this stuff for me. Hold that stuff up, Howard. It's in my little bag in the back. This? That's stuff. Money, money? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Come on, man. That's to, that to, to a speaker, that's like gold. I mean, that stuff. This is just, yeah. Who made it? Man, that stuff's killer. All right, let's pray together. Uh, Father, uh, we are all Jonah's in this room because we've all um, disobeyed you. Uh, but tonight we, we are excited because we're going to see Jonah giving, being given a second chance. And Lord, uh, there is a lot of us in this room that need a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance, a fifth chance. Uh, Lord, help us tonight in Jesus' name. And all God's people said? Amen. All right, turn to Jonah, if you have a Bible. Jonah chapter 3. All right, I'm going to give you some D words and see if you remember chapter 1 we talked about? Detour, beautiful. Chapter 2 we talked about Jonah being? Beautiful. And tonight we're talking about Jonah being determined. Everyone say determined. determined. All right. J- Jonah chapter three. Then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time, which means what? It means that Jonah was talked to a first time. Get it? Hello? Get it? Did you get that? That was pretty good, huh? go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a very large city. It took 3 days to go through it. Okay, I'm going to stop right there for a few minutes. What do we learn about what do we learn about this this little passage here? Well, this is the second time that the word of the Lord has come to Jonah. And the first, first commandment was, was what? Someone tell me. What was the first commandment For, from God to Jonah? Was it any different than the second one? Hello? So the first was the same as the second? Has God ever told you or asked you to do something twice? Has he ever asked you to do something three times, four times, five times? I have. Because sometimes God has to repeat himself because we don't, we're stupid. We're dumb. That's why the Bible calls us sheep. Sheep are the dumbest animal on the planet. He says, all we like. All right, hell, let's try it again. All we like sheep. have gone astray. Everyone has gone his own way. I saw this movie once. There was like a hundred sheep and there was like one sheep that walked, oh, oh, walked looked at the cliff, looked over and jumped. <laughs> and then all the 99 followed. Boom, 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 boom. Stupid. We're dumb. Look at the person next to you and say, we are dumb. I mean, we're dumb. We're like, we're like dumb, dumb animals. Now, don't get me wrong. God loves sheep and God loves dumb people. God loves us. But we're just basically thick headed. We're just dumb up here because somehow we have bought into the lie of the culture that God's not cool. Cool. We've bought into the lie of the culture that my way is the best way. We've bought into the lie of the culture that God is not sufficient, that God has not got it together, and that if we actually follow God, here's the biggest lie of Satan. If you follow Jesus, you will be miserable. Your life will go nowhere. You will be miserable. You will hate life. It's not true. In fact, Jesus said... I have come that you might have life and have it to the abundance. So God comes to Jonah. And Jonah disobeys the first time. God gets his attention, spends a couple days in a big fish, kind of miserable. So God says, all right, Jonah, when you're ready, let me know and I'll vomit you. So all of a sudden, spits him out, lands on dry ground. And all of a sudden, we've got a new start for Jonah. Now, let's look at this next slide here. This is what's going on in the great city. Uh, this is a quote uh, from one of the kings of Assyria. This is the group that Jonah does not want to go to. Um, for some of you, the uh, equivalent today would be God saying to Howard Key, I'm sending you to the group ISIS. Okay? I'm going to send you to them and see what you can do. And, and he's like, I don't want to go to ISIS because chances are I will get beheaded. Plus, I don't want to leave my wife and my kids. Valid point. Here's what the king of Syria's were like. I caused great slaughter. I destroyed, I demolished, I burned. Many of the captives I burned in a fire. Many I took alive. From some, I cut off their hands to the wrist. Others, I cut off their noses. That would be really a big problem for me. It's not funny. Uh, ears, and, ears and fingers. I put out the eyes of many soldiers. The kings of Assyria like to brutalize the people, but not necessarily always kill them. So Jonah is is so reluctant. He's a reluctant prophet, but he's got this word of God. And so God is going to send him there. Verse three. So this time Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and he went to Nineveh, a city so large that it took three days to see it all. On the day that Jonah entered the city, he shouted to the crowds, 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. Next slide. Oh, we got it there. Very good. He began on a day's journey, 40 days, and it will be destroyed, overthrown. In the Hebrew word, it's literally demolished. All right, now get this, because you will not get this from many preachers, including me or Howard. You will not typically get an eight-word sermon. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Are you tracking with me? Eight words. So, I mean, can you imagine just, I just had this vision of him like this. Nineveh will be destroyed. Nineveh will be destroyed. God bless you. Nineveh will be destroyed. You're going to fry. You're going to be destroyed. That's it. That's the message. What happened? The Ninevites believed God. Now, that word believe means in the Hebrew Imagine yourself being, uh, we were affected in Columbia, South Carolina, where I live, by flooding, Okay, massive flooding. So like my neighbors, they lost everything. Six doors down from my house, they lost everything. In fact, half, half of their um, furniture was sitting out front of their yard like two days later. All their, all their carpet was totally destroyed and they had it all sitting in front of their front yard. This whole idea of believe means imagine yourself outside and there's an incredible snowstorm or rainstorm. Let's, let's, picture, let's picture rainstorm, okay? And it's really coming at you. And the storm is blowing hard. And you're looking for something to grab, okay? And you find this tree. And it's the only thing you can see that's going to be close enough for you to grab or this thing's going to blow you away. And so you grab this tree and you wrap your arms around it. And, and imagine, imagine your body kind of going parallel to the ground. Your body's like flipping out like that way. And you're holding on for dear life. That's what this word means. It's not just like they went, okay, uh, we don't want to be burned up, so we'll believe. No, this is more of a, a clinging to God. We believe. That's what that word means. They believe God. So much that they declared a fast, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. Now, sackcloth was what they used, the Hebrews used, as a sign of humility. And so what they are doing, they are repenting repentance so i want you to talk to the person to your left or to your right what do you think the word repent or repentance what do you think that word means you got 30 seconds go Okay, this side. Tell me, what do you think repent or repentance means? Asking so, for forgiveness. Say that again. Asking for forgiveness. Good one. Someone else? To tell about all of your sins, then to ask God to forgive all of your sins because you did them. Okay, so to kind of come clean, to throw it all out there before God, okay? Yes, ma'am? And to have sacrifices. Sacred your sins to go away. <laughs> Boom. I don't know, but it was good. <laughs> All right. Someone on this side, what's repent or repentance mean? Admitting, admitting, admitting your stuff, your junk. <laughs> oh, someone give the person to your right, your left. High five. Give him a high five. Whoever. That was it. That's it. <clears throat> That's it. That's it. Everyone say turn around. around. It means to do about face. It means to do a one eighty. Repentance is more than saying I'm sorry. Repentance is more than saying I blew it. Repentance is Going this way. Doing about face and going that way. It means to turn around. It's not just saying, God, I blew it. It's not just, God, I'm remorseful. God, I'm sorry. It's literally your mind, your heart, your soul says, I'm going to turn around. You know why? Because God cannot change a heart that's not willing to move. He can't change you. He can't change me if I'm not willing to turn around and do an about face. Do you believe that God gives second chances? Do you believe God gives second chances? Pastor, you believe that? Amen. If I didn't believe that, I wouldn't be standing here. So my senior year of high school... I really made some really, really, really dumb, bad decisions. And I told you that I was a pot smoker, and I'm not proud of that. Um, And uh, I started selling drugs, and I started doing drugs, and I started selling heavy drugs like uh, LSD and cocaine and other bad stuff. And I was making some really poor, poor, poor decisions. And so um, my senior year of high school... Uh, my girlfriend and I were arrested for the possession of marijuana and I had to go to a court. I had a nice good Jewish lawyer and he got me off, Howard. Uh, but 400 bu- for 400 bucks I had to pay. And I was told that if I did anything wrong in the next six months, anything, anything in my senior year of high school, I would get thrown into what's called the Cincinnati, Ohio Workhouse, which was like a jail for young adults. So that senior year of high school, I'm extremely nervous And so um, I ended up going to a college called Ohio University. And the reason I went to Ohio University and wanted to go to Ohio University was the number two party school in America. All right, plus it's the only school that would let me in with my grades. So I went to Ohio University and I'm up there and throughout my fall semester, I am continuing to do stupid stuff. I'm continuing to make bad choices. It was the month of, December of my freshman year of college that I went up to another university to sell a bunch of marijuana, okay? And so I go up to this university and I buy over a thousand dollars worth of drugs. I've got them in my backpack. I pay my couple hundred bucks for these drugs and I'm hitchhiking back to my university. Now, I don't know if you've ever done hitchhiking. It's a crazy thing. I don't mean, people do anymore, but you know, you're out there with your thumb like that and you're waiting for a car to pick you up. And so um, I'm out there, and I remember it was, it was the weekend after Thanksgiving, so it's like December 1 and 2, and it's starting to get cold in Ohio. Okay? It's not like South Carolina or Georgia. I mean, it's getting cold. And so I'm out there hitchhiking, and this guy picks me up, and he drives me about 20 miles, and he drops me on a highway that I didn't want to be on. I wanted to be on a highway called 50, but he dropped me on a highway called 50A. Now, 50A was not the road I wanted to be on. In fact, this is the back road to Athens, Ohio, There's no deer there. There's no no animals there. Like, there's nobody there. And so while I'm out there, I'm starting to have a pity party. You ever had a pity party? Like, oh, why is this happening to me? And so um, I'm uh, kind of struggling. I'm getting cold. Remember, all I've got, I've got a backpack. I've got my drugs on me. I've got a little bit of a sweater. And that's it. So I'm standing out there waiting waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And finally, it dawns on me. Maybe I should pray to God. So I get down on my knees, and I said, um, God, if you get me home, uh, I'll do whatever you want me to do with my life. I mean, I'll go to Africa. I'll serve, I'll serve, I'll serve the pygmies. I'll, I'll, do, I'll do whatever you want me to do, God. I, I, I will. I get up. All of a sudden, this car, he's driving by. Now, there, there's really no cars on this back road. I mean, I'm not kidding. I mean, he, he slows down. I reach to grab the handle of the car, (laughs) speeds off. It's not nice, don't ever do that. (laughs) So I'm out there for like an hour, just like, just standing there, just stupid, you know? I'm getting colder by the moment, and uh, no one's coming by, I mean, there's no cars in sight. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, after about an hour, this guy pulls over, slows down, pushes the car door open, and says, come on in. Now I get in the car, and I notice he's got a very thin tie. Okay, this is what I notice about him. Okay, and he's got uh, very short hair, and he's got what's a flat top. Okay, you ever seen guys they wear these like flat? You know, and he's got like he's got like eight pins like in his shirt. All right, and we start talking, and uh, so I was asking him what he did, and he said something like I. I, he, would kind of, he would kind of keep derailing. He wouldn't talk about himself at all. And so he was asking me all these questions, like, What are you studying? I was like, Well, I'm at Ohio University. He said, What are you majoring in? I said, I said Undecided. And he was like, Yeah, I majored in that too. Ha, 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 ha. And I'm thinking, ha, 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 ha. And so I finally said to him, What do you do? And he said, Well, I'm married. I got two kids, great kids. And I said, what, what's, your jo- what's your line of work? What do you do? And he said, uh, uh, "He said, I can't tell you. So why not? He said, what's top secret? Okay. Okay. So we start talking about other things like Cincinnati Bengals and the Reds because that's where I'm from. And we talked about the president of the United States and all this stuff. And so I don't know about you. Have you ever, have you ever been around someone, you know, that they've got a secret and you don't know it and you want to know it? Are you guys tracking with me? And it drives you crazy? So I'm getting curious. So I keep, keep going back. Like, so what do you do? And he said, I can't tell you. It's top secret. I was like, well, do you like your job? Love my job. Well, do you like work in your house or out? He said, well, I can't tell you. It's top secret. So finally, I'm like, come on, man. You're killing me. You're killing me, smalls. You ever heard that phrase? You're killing me, smalls. You're killing me, smalls. They don't, they don't know that, do they? You ever seen the sand lot? You ever seen the sand lot? You're killing me, smalls. Okay, thank you. <laughs> just, just acknowledge that you know that. Come on. So finally, he says, "You promise not to tell." I said, "I promise." He said, uh, "Well, I, wor- I, wor- I work for the government." I said, "Oh, cool, cool. Uh, what 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 part of the government do you work for?" And he said, uh, "FBI." I said, "Really?" <laughs> and I said, uh, "What?" Part of the FBI, do you work for? And he said, "Drugs and narcotics." <laughs> I am sitting like three feet from our narcotics agent, like a, we call him a narc. Okay, and you've heard of that, right? Narc, right? Have you ever been in a situation where you wanted to cry? <laughs> Have you ever been in a situation where you wanted to, where you just perspired? Have you ever been in a situation where you wanted to wet your pants? That was, you're like, probably no. You're just like, I'm not me. I, want, I was like, I want my mommy. I am sitting three feet from a narcotics agent, and I've got 100,000, like, I don't know how much. I know I have over $1,000 worth of drugs on me. It's in my backpack. It's in my pants. It's in my underwear. It's everywhere on me. And I'm sitting three feet from a narcotics agent, and all I can picture is David Olshine in a penitentiary with stripes on. That's all I can picture. That's I, you can laugh. It's cool. Guess where I'm not today. I'm not in that place. You know why? God gave me a second chance. I eventually got home. Hate to admit this, first thing I did, I was so stressed out, I smoked a joint. I was just so stressed out. I was just so stressed out. I felt better. Two months later, I met this radical Jesus follower named Artie Shover. And Artie Shover You could see the joy and the glow of God all over this guy. And I remember saying, what do you have? And he said, I got Jesus. And I went over to his college dorm one night, and there was like five guys. They prayed over me for like an hour and a half. And asked the Holy Spirit to come on me and live his life in me and through me. And that night, I started to change but I still hadn't repented. I continued to... (laughs) But it was in February, a month after that. I went into my little dorm, Gammersfelder Hall. Some of you guys, when you're college students, you'll be able to remember the dorm you lived in. I went in, I got my bag of marijuana, it was several bags, actually. It's about 700 dollars worth of marijuana, and I stood over the toilet for about 30 minutes, holding it up, thinking, got to let this stuff go. It's killing me. And I'm thinking, man, I could make so much money if I could sell this. Just I could sell it, It'd be, I'd, be, I'd be done with it." And God was saying, "Uh-uh." That's not repentance. Repentance is doing 180. So I stood there. And I remember I could still visualize it as if it was yesterday. I was like. Ah. Ah. And I got it. I went, and then I got the old toilet handle. Push. And you know what? I let it go. Let it go. I let it go, and I've never been back to that stuff. I heard a clap. You can clap. That's all right. You clap. It's God. It's it's him. It's him. He delivered me that night. Never been back. Gave up that whole party scene, that whole drug scene, that whole selling drug scene. Do you believe in second chances? You better believe I believe in second chances because God gave me a second chance that night. Moving on, next slide. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented, meaning he changed his mind, God. And he did not bring on them the destruction that he had threatened. God was so moved by their change of direction, he did not destroy them. Next slide. Tullian to Vision says the God who crafts storms and commands sea monsters is now doing something even more awesomely. He's changing the hearts of sinful human beings. So Jonah goes through this town. He goes through this city. What happens? Verse 8. When the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne and took off his holy robe. Now that's a sign again of of being humble. He dressed himself in sackcloth and sat on a heap of ashes. Then the king and his nobles sent this decree throughout the city. No one, not even the animals. Animals? (laughs) You may not eat. You may not drink anything at all. Everyone is required to wear sackcloth and pray earnestly to the God of the heavens. Everyone must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence. Who can tell? Perhaps even yet God will have pity on us and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. Now, some people say, you know, there's a number of people who, are Bible scholars, and there are some people who are more on the side of, we don't really know that Jonah is a true story. We're not sure that it's a real person. We're not really sure that this is a literal guy. Well, let's fast forward a little few hundred years to Jesus, the resurrected Jesus today. This is what Jesus said when he was on earth. For some of the Pharisees and teachers of the law said to him, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. And he answered, A wicked and adulterous generation asked for a sign, but none will be given it except for the sign of Jonah the prophet. Prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish. Now watch this connection as jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights so the son of man will be there three days and three nights in the heart of the earth and the people of nineveh will stand up with the judgment of this generation and condemn it for they repented at the preaching of jonah and now there's one greater than jonah jesus is saying as there was a literal jonah not a figurative not a makeup, as Jonah was in this belly of this fish for three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will, will be killed and murdered three days in the ground, and on the third day he'll be resurrected from the dead. Jesus is connecting Jonah, the prophet, with himself. Isn't that awesome? Because there, there are some liberal scholars out there who say, ah, it's Jonah's story. It just make-believe. Just made up. No, no, no. Jesus, on the authority of who he is in the Word of God, says, no, no, no. This is a true story, man. In the same way that Jonah was in that belly of that fish, I'm going to be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights and rise from the dead. So, next slide. We got one more. Click, click. That was it. We have, we have questions? No questions? I do have questions. I'll give them to, I'll give them to you later. Okay. So, do we, do we, have, that, do we have that Jonah... Veggie tails, we're going to try, make sure this real loud, here we go.